We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helton. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Monday, November 6th edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. Joining me today, Jake Latarski, in for the traveling Dirk Van Riper. Dirk went to first pitch Arizona to talk fantasy baseball all weekend. So, football wise, Jake, he would have been useless to us, right? Yeah, I think he spent pretty much the whole thing doing baseball drafts and uh, drafting baseball. They did do some cool stuff out there if you're a baseball fan. I know him and, and Todd Zola, Tim Keeney, Clay Link, James Anderson, our prospect guy. All of those guys were out there. They did a bunch of cool shows and cool podcasts. So if you're baseball guys, check it out. But if you're football guys, John and I, we got you covered today. We, we do. All right, so did you have any um, – the two guys who blew people up yesterday, Leonard Fournette – and A.J. Green. Leonard Fournette was a surprise inactive due to disciplinary issues. Uh, A.J. Yes. Green got in an early fight with Jalen Ramsey. Did you get burned by either? I would guess if you were paying attention, you got burned more by, by Green than Fournette because if you were watching mm-hmm. Sunday at noon, you took Fournette yep. out. Yeah, because at least you knew. And I think you can go ahead and add Mike Evans to the list. I think he had maybe had one catch for 13 yards. Right. I don't believe he didn't. I don't believe he got tossed, but he threw an equivalent amount of punches as AJ Green. Yeah. So whatever that counts for. Um, but yes, I had I had AJ Green in one league. I'm going to be okay as long as Jordy Nelson doesn't score 22 PPR points tonight, which is painful because I'm a Packer fan. 
And then the Mike Evans League, I, I won pretty handily thanks to some Jay Cutler garbage time. So Jay life's Cut- good there. Jay Cutler. Who? How many other people I, got Jay Cutler helped them to a win? That's pretty good. I had I had Deshaun Watson, and I cut Tyrod Taylor. I had cut Derek Carr. I was like, why would I bother with any of those guys the rest of the season? I don't need the roster spots. And then, of course, you know, after Fab clears Deshaun Watson, the terrible, terrible news, and now I'm back to square one and quarterback in that league. You know, it was basically between Cutler or Brett Hundley tonight, or I, I don't even know. It was just terrible options. It was too late, really, to pick up Tyron Taylor because he needed to clear waivers. So gotcha. it was a rough week. But uh, uh, Cutler this week, it's streamed the rest of the way out for me. So on our Waiver Wire podcast, I'll be paying extra special attention to streaming options. All right. Um, and everybody, Doug Marone already said – uh, that Leonard Fournette should play week 10. It sounds like it was a, I don't know if he was late to a meeting. I don't know the exact details, but um, they sat it was, him. It's over. It was multiple things. Cause I was doing, I was kind of watching the inactives on Sunday morning here. Uh, you know, I was prepping for the live chat and with Fournette, it was, you know, m- missing a meeting, maybe a team photo had something to do with it. That's what I kept seeing popping up. So it was a culmination of multiple things that Marone just finally had to take a stand and say you couldn't play and set an example for the rest of his team. Yeah. Tom Coughlin, Doug Marone, those are guys you do not want to mess with in terms of uh, missing meetings or being two minutes late or whatever. So um, hope Leonard Fournette learned a lesson on that one. Everybody, check us out on Twitter. Uh, Jake's at Jakeski52. I'm at JayHuffman37. You can also tweet us at Rotowire and get our news feed at Rotowire NFL and uh, find plenty of news on Facebook as well. All right, we're going to review the Sunday games, um, and then we're going to take a look at, at tonight's game. Uh, Colts-Texans. Uh, Texans got it down to the wire. They almost scored. Um, Tom Savage threw some bad passes in the end zone there. But um, uh, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of news from that game. T.Y. Hilton, welcome back, T.Y. Hilton. Thank you for finally – they actually said last week – they needed to get him the ball more, and man, they weren't lying. Yeah, and the nine targets, a team high, right up there with your boy Jack Doyle. And I mean, some of that, the one touchdown, the long touchdown he had, where he he fell down, or he didn't fall yeah. down, but he he wasn't touched down. And then he kind of he okie doke the guy, he like like made it seem like he had been touched down. So the guy turned around, then he got back up and took off for the end zone. That was that was impressive. I, I can't decide if that's fluky or impressive. What do you think, John? I think it was a little of both. I mean, I'll take yeah. the touchdown from as a fancy owner of T. Y. Hilton. Um, but yeah, five for seventy five. That was a weird play. Um, thank goodness for his fantasy once he got in. As you mentioned, my man Jack Doyle, he is just that, that guy. It might catch a hundred passes. Yeah, he continues to be uh, an absolute PPR factor without a doubt. And, uh, you know, like you said, top five tight end right on the edge there. I think he's getting there with the way that some of the tight ends have been underperforming or other ones that have been being injured. You know, Zach Ertz, the big news injury news this this week didn't matter for the Eagles, but we'll get to that in a bit. But, yeah, Jack Doyle is going to be a valuable asset worth owning. I missed my bid on him. I undercut him. I only bid $11 and I'm already regretting it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jack Doyle, everybody. Last four games, seven, six, 12 and eight catches. Um, as we talked about top five, I mean, after the big three, which is, is Gronk, Ertz and Kelsey, uh, I mean, other than maybe Ingram, I think you're, mm-hmm. I think that's it. Yep. I don't know about Gronk. I don't, I, I don't put him. I, I would guess Jimmy Graham's going to get more red zone chances, but I still mm-hmm. overall would take my, my, yep. my man, Jack. Jimmy Graham did get his touchdown streak snap this week. And then, and then there's, yeah, there's a, there's a couple other guys that are in there. I think when Greg Olson comes back, he'll yeah. work his way back into that conversation. He's expected back week 12, but uh, for now guys that are healthy and active, uh, then you definitely throw Doyle in there. All right. Um, the other side of that game, if you look at the running backs, um, Lamar, Deontay Foreman had one more carry than Lamar Miller. Miller had a few catches snap count wise. Foreman only played 20 snaps. So so at least Foreman was back in the mix after being invisible in week eight. 
So, so yeah. he's still, if you're looking to stash or you're looking for the sidekick in that situation, it appears to be Foreman again. Yeah, it's absolutely tough to stash a player like that when you have six teams on by and you're scrambling to figure it out. Right. And then, of course, look at Lamar Miller, who played 52 with the team's 71 snaps. So it seems like they're only on the field for one or two snaps. So basically, when Foreman was on the field, he was getting the ball. Um, I like him as a stash. I like his durability. I like how people can't bring him down on the first hit. But it's going to be tough to carve out pure fantasy relevance as long as Lamar Miller is leading the way. And Lamar Miller was once again more effective. All right, let's go to Bengals-Jags. Um, we talked about AJ Green already. That was a huge disappointment for his owners. Um, Jalen Ramsey got a got a raw deal on that one. Yeah, I, I thought that was rough. I mean, it was pretty apparent that AJ Green was watching UFC 217 this weekend at the Garden, <laughs> taking after taking after George Saint Pierre, choking out Michael Bisping, taking the back and going for the neck. Uh, uh, so who knows? Maybe he's getting a call from Dana White pretty soon. But what's for sure is he's probably getting a little letter from the league office with a potential suspension in play as well. Yeah, we're gonna have to watch any, any news on that this week. Otherwise, uh, Joe Mixon again. I mean, 13 for 31. He got a touchdown, but. Um, the Joe Mixon breakout. We're nine weeks in, and it has not happened. Uh, his offensive line has plenty to do with that. Um, in Fournette's stead, again, don't box score watch too much because it might tempt you to pick up Chris Ivory. Do not, please, unless you were mm-hmm. handcuffing late in the season for Fournette. Fournette will be back in week 10, and that'll be, you know, Chris Ivory won't be able to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, the other guy in this game, uh, Marquise Lee. As a PPR guy, I mean, when he went eight for 75 and one. I know he's been a bit inconsistent, but generally as a as a maybe, you know, flexi type in PPR leagues, he's been pretty solid. Yeah. And I know a lot of fantasy owners that needed to play him this week, given the, the dire bye week situation. I still think and I'm going to stick to that. Marquis Lee is the best pass catching option on this team. And uh, I think that's that's pretty clear cut. I, I like it better than Alan Hearns for fantasy value rest of the season. Of course, Alan Robinson, a non factor with the early season injury. But their whole game plan changes when Leonard Fournette's there. Uh, you know, they still ran the ball 40 times with with Ivory getting 20 carries, Yeldon getting 11. Ivory uh, actually slightly less effective than Yeldon, but clear Ivory was the lead guy uh, like you said if you're box score reading don't pick him up you, when you see Fournette so you maybe throw him in there if he's like 4,500 on DraftKings for Ivory um, and, and he had an okay day I think he had maybe 14 PPR points or something along those lines but um, but overall it's going to be back to normal where they're going to give the ball to Fournette 30 times if they can as long as the game flow allows them to do that and, and if not then we start to see maybe Lee get some targets Lee and Hearns but uh, but for the most part I, I do I don't mind Lee someone to own I don't think uh, you can he's, so he's worth owning in a 12 team league I guess is what I'm trying to say. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, leave so far 32 for 438 and a touchdown. So you could do worse. Um, other than that in this game, yeah, there's, there's, there's really not a lot. Fantasy-wise, there's not a lot to talk about except the Jags defense, which if it helps you again if your defense, if your scoring system includes special teams because they had that punt return touchdowns. Uh, Bucks Saints next. Uh, the Bucks are bad. Remember, remember, eight weeks ago we thought the Bucks were going to be sort of one of those trendy breakout possibilities. They are just mm-hmm. – they're bad. Yeah, it's been rough, and and Jameis Winston not being healthy isn't helping things. I actually had a, a Winston. I know that Winston was dealing with the injury, but I had a Winston stack, and I told a couple people on the live chat, "Man, you got to start Winston over Goff, right?" Because on paper, that seems like it makes sense, right? They have been in the dome uh, against the Saints defense that improving, but but not exceptional by any means. Uh, and and man, did, did was I wrong on that one? But uh, you know, again, it was wrong due to injury, so I can't fault. Too bad there, but uh, I am a little bit concerned about this being a lingering issue with Jameis. Yeah, so right now, 
I'm going to check the news on this real quick. As of right now, it doesn't say, his outlook for week 10 is, does not look right. Um, you're going to have to keep your eye on that all week if you own Jamison and you're thinking about starting him. Um, otherwise, in this game, Doug, Doug, Martin, Doug Martin got nothing done either. I mean, this yeah, is, a, I mean it, you know, they were getting blown out. Peyton Barber came in and ran just kind of sort of okay. But, uh, you know, it, since it was a blowout, we probably shouldn't read too much into that except the fact that Doug Martin's going to be inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that too. And then I also like to try to take a look at the pass catching options, which was tough. I mean, Mike Evans led the way with six targets, but he's in that AJ Green boat where he threw some punches. He, you know, I, I it's still to this day, I cannot, I cannot fathom why someone thinks it's a good idea to punch someone that's wearing a helmet. But, uh, <laughs> but, but Mike Evans is guilty of that. And he somehow, you know, evaded uh, ejection in this game. And because he evaded ejection, he might be just in the same boat with AJ Green. I'm worried that he's at risk of his suspension. So maybe we start to talk about some of those secondary options on, uh, on our waiver wire show tomorrow. But uh, for now, nobody's really standing up. All right. And, and uh, by the way, this game, the, Buc- the Bucks host the Jets. So uh, next week, I mean, you know, it could be mm-hmm. a Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh McCown. So. Yeah. Do you, do you think Fitzmagic wants a little revenge on his former team? Fitz, or is that even a narrative? Fitz revenge yeah. narrative. There's always a narrative. I, I was yes. going for the Roberto Aguayo revenge narrative the, a couple of weeks ago with the Panthers. <laughs> so I'm going for any narrative I can grab. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's run with that one, John. All right. Um, Rams Giants. Uh, the Giants are a complete dumpster fire, certainly. Is Robert Wood Robert Woods is thirty three percent owned on Yahoo. This guy this year is eight games. He's thirty one for four fifty one. Is is he at? I don't know about must own in a twelve teamer. I have him in one. Is he the type of guy that you should try to own? Because basically Watkins gets the get, gets the coverage from the good corner if a team has one. I mean the Giants didn't really have one yesterday because Jenkins was out, but mm-hmm. you know. Patrick Peterson was on him, uh, I guess, last week. And and if Watkins gets the good corner, Robert Woods, he's doing pretty well. Last four games, five, 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 and four catches. The guy's really fast. I mean, is he the type of guy? I know we're going to talk waivers tomorrow. Are, are you looking to pick him up if you haven't already? I think as the bye week period starts to lighten up, the appeal of someone like Woods maybe lessens a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do like the consistency in terms of receptions and targets that he's getting, which is perfect when you need someone to just try to get you, you know, 10, 12 points on a bye week. Um, but these were his first two touchdowns of the season right. uh, in, in week nine. And, you know, I, I, I normally think relatively highly of the Giants secondary, but missing Janoris Jenkins uh, clearly was, was a factor. And, and, you know, I'm not entirely sure how sustainable the Woods production is because his big long touchdown play, the one uh, where it was third and 33, um, it, you know, it was one of those screen passes that was just blocked perfectly. And and I think that some defenses are going to be able to defend that a little bit better than than a depleted, worn down uh, Giants unit here. So uh, the, the, there is some appeal. But with the Rams, it's so tough with the receivers because I I know fantasy owners that don't even trust starting Sammy Watkins on a on a consistent basis because he right. can be so boomer bust. And then there are going to be games where Cooper Cup cuts into the target share as well. Um, I mean, he was only targeted five times. Uh, Woods was five times. Watkins only had two targets, but one of them was that 69-yard bomb that never really had to throw the ball much in the later stages of that game. So uh, Woods, you know, maybe a little bit boomer bust. I could see owning him in a 12-team league. Unfortunately, he was started against me in a 14-team team league this Ouch. week uh yeah brutal and, and you know it's someone that that owner would never start 
for the rest of the year at all, but because so many people were on buys, he had to. And, you know, the, then I ended up paying the price for that one. So it'll, it'll happen here and there. And I think Woods will have games. But because these were his first two touchdowns, I'm not ready to go nuts yet. If you can get him for cheap, um, then maybe. But, you know, I'm not going to go ahead and decide it's time to spend double-digit fab or anything like that. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, other news in that game, we mentioned Sammy Watkins. Not a lot of work, but one catch, 67-yard touchdown. Not too shabby for your fantasy production. He was okay if you started him. And Jared Goff, huge game with only 22 attempts in this blowout. 14 out of 22, 311, four touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a nice day, Jared Goff. Falcons-Panthers, are you a Julio owner in any formats? I'm not. No, I'm not a Julio owner because I knew it was a, it was a very very high price tag, and you know not that I don't like Julio, but he doesn't score enough. You know, for, that's been the mantra over the years is he's not looked to in the red zone much. Um, and uh, you know, and on top of that, then there's the change in offensive uh, offensive coordinator here for Atlanta going to Steve Sarkeesian. and I wasn't know if that was going to affect anything. So there's a little bit of an uncertainty factor. Still had an okay fantasy game, Julio. If you're just looking at the box score, caught six of twelve targets for 118 yards, but. He dropped a surefire touchdown oh. that could have that could have put his fantasy line way over the edge, giving fantasy owners what they crave. But man, did he choke that one away? Man, what, what was I mean? He no one was within fifteen yards of him on that touchdown. Nope, nope. Fourth down him, too, right? Yeah, it hit him right in the hands as well, and it was yeah, it was it was it was a do or die type of play. And I I don't know what happens. What 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 gets into the the head of a professional athlete when you can't make you know, the simplest play that your position will get in the best opportunity. So that was a brutal one for Julio Jones owners to watch. Yeah. I mean, I, I was going to say for at six for one eighteen, I was going to say you can't complain about Julio Jones, but after that drop, you certainly can complain about Julio mm-hmm. Jones um, on the Panther side of things. Um, they didn't throw a ton with Kelvin Benjamin gone. Um, Curtis Samuel was on the field a lot. Here's the thing. He's only, th- he was only three for 23. Funches was five for 86. Um, so he was sort of the number one Samuel only three for 23 and he ran the ball once, but Samuel was actually on the field for, for one more snap than Funches. He was on the field a lot. So, so he's going to, I still think, you know, it, it, it sounds maybe too easy and a little lazy to make mm-hmm. the Ted Ginn comp for when Ted Ginn was at the Panthers. But I think that, I mean, that's probably what they're looking for from Samuel to take the top off. And so, in some games he's going to catch those 60 yard scores. I, they're going to try to get him involved. Mm-hmm. As far as the running game goes, Jonathan Stewart, not on the field a heck of a lot. Um, I think his snap count, I thought I read it was the lowest of the season for him. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're a Panthers fan. It's because of the, uh, it's the fumbles, right? Yeah. It, it, I mean, I don't think they're too worried in the long term about him because he has not historically been a fumbler. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just they're not. It, it, they're, I mean, they haven't been blocking that well for him, but he's not running well either. And, I, and it's hard to know whose fault it is. Maybe for maybe for someone smarter than me would know that better. Um, McCaffrey ran well though. Finally, I mean it's nice to see for him because he. Had, I mean, mm-hmm. so many games it was you know three carries for eight yards, and and finally he was over four yards carry. Had the running touchdown on that sort of you know option play, but uh, he looked good. Yes, and, and his value, you know, for the first eight weeks was pretty much limited to PPR formats unless he scored, which it took him a while to do. He, he wasn't anything to get excited about in a standard league. Uh, now I start to get excited, uh, you know, that he finally got more carries than Stewart. Um, uh, you know, I'll trust you if uh, if you said that they're going to trust Stewart going back to him. Uh, he did lose two fumbles in this game. That's what I was referring to. And, and yeah. you know, that could have been costly in a game that was decided by three points. But uh, I'm very optimistic about starting McCaffrey uh, the rest of the way the way out in in a team that uh, I think I'm bound for the playoffs and, and and he'll be out there and he'll be productive I think I can count on now you think see that's that's interesting because I don't know after yesterday if I'm sold yet there have been so many bad running games from him I don't know if I'm sold 
They play Miami yeah. Monday night next week, by the way. Mm-hmm. So, okay. okay. That, yeah, that's, that's definitely fair. Um, but you know, in a PPR league, especially, I, I really like what the, what the floor is yep, there. On absolutely. Basis. I agree. And, and as far as Stewart goes, I don't know that the, that the issue uh, on the, on the playing time was necessarily the fumbles, but I don't know at this point how much I trust them going back to him more either, just because McCaffrey ran well and he's not running well, but I, that, that's something I want to watch over the course of the week. Broncos Eagles. Whew. Man, the Broncos, <laughs> I think Von Miller said best after the game. He's like, can't blame the offense for this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The defense was so bad. Mm-hmm. This game, for me at least, in a microcosm, was a perfect illustration of how frustrating fantasy can be sometimes and how frustrating it can be this year because the Denver Broncos, as a run defense, have have not given up a single rushing touchdown on the ground. They were second uh, second to only Cleveland Browns somehow in, in yards per carry allowed. Uh, just a stellar run defense. And then in comes Jay Ajay, who's been there for less than a week, has not scored a touchdown all season. And lo and behold, he gets his first touchdown. I mean, even in a heavy bye week, I benched Jay Ajayi for for Jalen Richard just because I thought Richard might get some points and Ajayi would be barely used. Another one that I didn't quite hit on the head this week, but uh, it does it does bode well for Ajayi's outlook moving forward with this new team. Yeah, I think I think your process was good on Ajayi because he was only on the field for 17 snaps. Basically, they said before coming into the game, look, we 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 got him. We've got him set up with a small package of plays. And he's not going to play that much. I mean, I took him out in the league, too. And, you know, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? I mean, the guy does that. And, he, you know, he has that huge run for the touchdown. Yeah, the, I mean, it's kind of hard to yard run, that. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you're right. It is a, it's definitely a good sign. Um, I mean, Corey Clement got three touchdowns, but he, that was blowout related, I, I yes. think. So, you know, we can't read too much into that other than they won't be shy about giving him some snaps, too. I think mm-hmm. that's your, maybe your takeaway from that, yeah, even I mean, with Blunt there. Yeah, my takeaway is just uh, congratulations to a former Wisconsin Badger who uh, <laughs> Badgers undefeated, by the way. So, you know, I'll, I'll throw that in uh, yet again. But uh, but overall, man, uh, I'm going to feel very confident starting to die in my in my lineups the rest of the week. And and, um, you know, looking at the Philadelphia wide receivers, Elshon Jeffrey had a huge game when so many fantasy owners benched him. I actually benched him in one place, started him in one place because I had to. Boy, was I glad I did uh, going up against that tough Denver defense. I didn't think he'd be able to do a whole lot. But in the absence of Zach Ertz, he was looked to in the end zone and, and had a longer score as well. So a uh, very, very productive day out of Elshon Jeffrey. Fantasy owners have been waiting for it. Yes. And, and any anytime, by the way, if you find out late, Zach Ertz was a bit of a surprise inactive. I know he was questionable, but we probably all expected him to play based on the news reports we're hearing. Anytime Zach Ertz gets yanked from you like that, just go get Trey Burton because they like they like using him. He's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, he only caught two yeah. passes, but he caught a touchdown and they're not shy about playing him. So he, he's he's a perfectly serviceable replacement if you ever lose Zach Ertz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely burden over someone like Selleck. Right. Um, the other thing in that game on the other side. And again, with a blowout like this, it's hard to say, but I think Sal Palantonio said before Sunday morning, there was a report that he said, I'm expecting to see more out of Devontae Booker. And we did see Devontae Booker. I mean, six for 21 rushing, caught a couple of passes. Last year, they used him out of the backfield, catching the ball a bit. Um, if you're a C.J. Anderson owner, I, think, I feel like we ask this every week. If you're a C.J. Anderson owner, are you worried? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm incredibly worried and I've been worried since the start of the year. And I'm, I'm in the unfortunate position of owning C.J. Anderson in a 14-team league where, where running backs are, are real, real shallow. And, and I'm going to have a very tough time replacing him. I'm looking at a like a Matt Forte, Orleans, Starkwa combination or maybe Theo Riddick and non-PPR. Like that's what my alternatives are. Right. And uh, so I'm throwing out C.J. Anderson in most weeks with the hope that they get this fixed out. It fixed in a 14 teamer, but in a 12 teamer, you just you can't start him unless you're just absolutely desperate. Right. Um, Emmanuel Sanders came back, didn't do much, but he's healthy, so that should be okay. They're playing the Patriots on Sunday night. I think that game's in Denver. It is in Denver. Um, mm-hmm. All right, everybody. FanDuel is fantasy football for everyday fans. New contests start every week, so you have no busted seasons. You're 0-9 right now in your fantasy league. That's okay. You can just crank it up on FanDuel and you got a clean slate. Um, there's something for everyone. Plenty of contests to choose from starting at just $1. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score real time. Um, I've been a FanDuel player for a while. Um, you know, it, it, at Daily Fantasy, we talk about that. FanDuel makes every game more exciting. You, you know, it kind of makes you watch Sunday a little differently. Um, this coming week, I was actually looking at the salaries out already. I, mm-hmm. Carlos Hyde, what did he catch? Nine passes yesterday? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So they're playing the Giants at home. If the Niners are going to win one, there you go, Niners. Carlos Hyde. I mean, look, I know the Giants run defense can be good, but I mean, Vernon was out again yesterday. You got to wonder at this point. I'm, I'm never one to question players' heart or, or, or guts or anything like that. But you got to wonder if the Giants are going to start going through the motions, especially making a big, long trip like that. That's a scary one. Carlos Hyde at 6,700 among running backs doesn't sound like too bad of a deal. Yeah, it doesn't sound like too bad of a deal, but he's another one that the league might actually review some disciplinary stuff because he got tossed on Sunday as well. He did. Part of that. Yeah, the whole NFL was watching that UFC on Saturday, uh, <laughs> you know, watching three belts change hands and whatnot. They thought they could go out there and do it themselves, too. I, I don't believe he threw any punches. I didn't see it. So uh, I, I guess we'll wait and see. But this was a case where his quarterback took a hit and he came out. You know, if anything were to happen, then maybe Matt Breed is a good fan dual play because you're going to get him around the minimum price of about 4500 against a team that's maybe ready to pack it in. So who knows the situation to continue watching throughout the week. Yeah, Hyde, I felt like Hyde, I was watching that. Hyde got hit first by Rucker. I think some other people came in and then Rucker came in and just threw and and hit Hyde hard. And then Hyde, it looked, when he got up, you were kind of going, they still could have won that game. And I was kind of going, don't hit him back, don't hit him back. And he went up and he hit him back. Yeah, of so. course. Yep. So, I mean, for, yeah, for in fairness, Hassan Reddick and Frosty Rucker also got tossed from that game. So ejections all across the board in the NFL. That's the theme of week nine so far. Yeah, really. All right. So over two and a half million players have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. So take advantage of our special offer for new users. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. You get a free six month Rotowire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million which offers one, more than $1 million in cash prizes with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RW, void where prohibited. Thanks a lot, FanDuel. All right, we're going to get to Ravens-Titans next. Um, Corey Davis played. He came back mm-hmm. and played. He was not fantasy productive, but he was on the field for 77% of the snaps. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I would think, combine that, he was only two for 28, five targets, but remember, in week one, before he got hurt, he was six for 68 on 10 targets. I tend to think we could – I'm not shy about Corey Davis coming up in week – are they off in week 10? They're not off, no. Coming up in week 10 against the Bengals. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a matchup that I might look to target and I might have to target because of uh, depending on what happens with uh, with Mike Evans. But the fact that he this was his first week back in practice, he came in and was looked at five times in a relatively close game. Uh, you know, that's tied in targets with Delaney Walker. Only Richard Matthews had more. This is good enough. A lot of fantasy owners weren't throwing him out there anyway, you know, unless it was maybe a desperation scenario. But this is good enough to be uh, for me to not feel too bad about starting him if I have to moving forward, because I'd like to get ahead of that breakout game if possible, because, you know, it's coming. Yeah, absolutely. Um, The other one, the running backs there. I mean, it was a close game. DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry, you look at the production and you think, well, you know, it was pretty close and Henry was better. You look at the snaps, DeMarco Murray on the field for two times the snaps of Derrick Henry. So he would still be the play going forward, even though he probably not getting the ball as much as you'd like. Yeah. In terms of, of rushing yards allowed, Baltimore, it was actually near the bottom of the league. So I thought maybe one of those backs would be an OK, OK DFS play. And, and Henry, the cheaper one, turned out to be the better one, whereas DeMarco Murray, uh, not a whole lot going on there. Uh, but, you know, looking at the backs on the other side of the ball, uh, we kind of had this right in the show. Alex Collins getting the majority of the carries with Terrence West again inactive. But uh, but Javorius Allen had a superb day at least in PPR formats for me. He had just under 20 points in the PPR format where I had to start him because he caught seven balls for 44 yards and a score. Right. Uh, I'm actually um, – the, the other side of that one, you're right. I'm actually looking at the next game. I was jumping ahead, by the mm-hmm. way, I'll confess. Cardinals 49ers is the next game. I was actually looking to see if Kyle Shanahan said anything about Jimmy Garoppolo for week 10. Um, he mm-hmm. said last week things to the effect of, well, he might not even play this season. OK. And um, as Shanahan said after the game, it'd be a week to week proposition. Um, but, he, but last week he said things like, you know, hey, he might not play. When I was watching CJ Beathard yesterday, I kept looking going, if Garoppolo doesn't start in week 10, I will be shocked. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, Beathard didn't quite get it done. I mean, when you go out there, don't throw any touchdowns, one interception, get sacked five times, throw out a quarterback right into 57 and complete less than 50% of your passes. Uh, and you have someone like Garoppolo that you just gave up a second-round pick for on the bench. You know, I, I understand not starting him this week, giving him a chance to learn the playbook and everything, but you just acquired this guy. You need to see what you've got from him before you start considering moves like even a franchise tag because he is a free agent. And you'll have to re-sign him. And if you can't reach a deal, you pretty much have to tag the guy that you just gave up a second round pick for. So it's going to be time to see what they get out of Garoppolo sooner or later. Yeah, I agree. I, and again, I, I mean, if you're Kyle Shanahan and you're sitting there, you probably go, all right, maybe I don't want this. Maybe I don't want to rush the guy, but geez, I got a chance to win a game here. And, you know, mm-hmm. just let the guy play. I, yes, I that, mm-hmm. All right. that's how it's got to be. Um, other side of that one, Adrian Peterson. Do I need to take the L on Adrian Peterson on uh, him being good? Because the first week was really good. The second week was not good at all. And, you, and I thought this week, I actually thought the Niners could win this game, which might mm-hmm. mean that Peterson would play less or something. But nah, this is uh, mm-hmm. and P, 37 for 159. I cannot say anything bad about this guy anymore. Yeah, uh, the the ageless wonder at 32 years old continues to carry a team. And and with Drew Stanton at the helm, uh, you know, that kind of negates some of Larry Fitzgerald's ability. And that makes Adrian Peterson, dare I say, their best offensive player at at this point. And and they're going to continue to rely on him quite heavily. Now, are they anticipating a David Johnson return? Because uh, then then they're just going to give him the rock 
nonstop because they know they have reinforcements coming. I don't know. David Johnson says he wants to play. The coach seems noncommittal on it. Uh, the team is four and four, so you can't really quite say that they're out of it yet. Um, so that makes things interesting to see how this uh, situation develops the rest of the way out. Yep. Um, otherwise, in that end, nothing much else going on in that one. Um, Redskins, Seahawks. What a wacky ending that was. That was yeah. I was watching yeah. that one, too. And uh, I mean, you know, when Seattle scored the, you know, the touchdown, with what was it? A minute left. I said, all right, done. It's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it yeah. didn't work out that way. Um, mm-hmm. So Eddie Lacy started, but then he had a groin injury. I mean, he was just running so-so. Groin injury came out. So uh, hard for us to take anything away from the, the Seahawks rushing attack. Um, otherwise, in this game, let's see. <laughs> Rob Kelly. So... 14 carries, 18 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah, I hope, I hope someone out there started it and got that bonus, the touchdown bonus there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like regardless of what his yards per carry is or how he looks, he will be the number one back in Washington as long as he's healthy. Of course, that's that, that got affirmed, and, and it makes him someone that you probably can't really drop. Right. Um, I, I agree with you. Um, the other thing in that game, I mean, the Redskins, they were without, was it still three linemen? Uh, something like that. Um, they were without Reed. They were without Jameson Crowder. And they got it done. I mean, you know, a little the fourth quarter was a little crazy there. But uh, Kirk Cousins had a not a great fantasy day, but a solid real football day. Um, mm-hmm. at Vernon Davis. Any, I, another one. We talked earlier about the, you know, the Trey Burton sub for Ertz. Anytime Reed is out, Vernon Davis is absolutely in play as a top 12, 12 tight end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a lock uh, for sure. And then uh, I just want to hit on Josh Doxson real yep. quick because we always seem to talk about him on every show. Three catches for 59 yards on five targets. I admittedly thought he'd have a little bit bigger day with Reed out because he does have such a red zone option. But of course, Kelly got both of their scoring opportunities and he was the one that converted him. Uh, Cousins didn't really throw the passes too much. It uh, uh, doesn't change how I feel about Josh Doxson a whole lot. I think uh, they're going to start to open things up for him a little bit more as they get uh, softer secondaries to play with. Now, Seattle was playing without Earl Thomas. Turns out to be a huge factor in the secondary because Cousins, like you said, a good real football day. He was able to move the ball enough to get them in a position to succeed and ultimately win this game, steal a win or a road win in Seattle, which is, is, is quite the impressive feat. Um, yeah, I agree. And Kirk Cousins, again, can't wait for him to sign the largest contract in NFL history in a few months. It's going to be great. It's um, coming. Yeah. Um, Chiefs Cowboys. That Tyree Kill tight end before t- touchdown before halftime was insane. Yeah, that, that was it was a very, very well-designed play. And just the way he put the moves on was excellent. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know how the Cowboys gave that up. Because you we were in tell, the right defense, I thought. You could tell that. Well, I mean, you could tell. Okay, so here's what what I thought. They were they were played so far back, way further than Alex Smith can throw it. So, you know, Andy Reid must have seen something on film that, you know, suggests that they're just going to play that far back. And, it, you know, if you get Tyree killed a ball in the open field like that with a couple of lead blockers, it's basically a punt return. And we all know that he's got more than a chance in that. And, uh, yeah, I didn't think that was uh, he defended well at all, actually. Uh, and, and that was a pretty big mistake there on Dallas's part. But the Cowboys were still able to persevere and win this game. Dak Prescott looking good again, had another nice fantasy day. Ezekiel Elliott and what could and maybe is likely to be his last game scores 93 and a touchdown. So uh, amazing by Tyree Kill, but 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 not quite enough in the end. All right. So, um, by the way, speaking of Ezekiel Elliott, our, our, our friend, Roto, friend Rotowire is Mark Stopa, who, who is an attorney, mm-hmm. was on Twitter yesterday morning. I happened to read a conversation he was having with some people about Zeke. 
and and essentially because I, I what I felt like I talked to three or four people yesterday. I was at a I was at a party during the day watching games. And, you know, talking to, I think it was my wife last night and everybody going, oh, what's going to happen this week with Ezekiel Elliott? Someone's going to suspend him again. He's going to get unsuspended and blah, blah, blah. And Stopa, actually, if you, if you follow him on Twitter, he, he kind of explained that, you know, that last week was sort of, it wasn't a, a reversal. It was, it reminded us that it was a delay, right? It was yes. an administrative delay mm-hmm. and said, and, and the, the second circuit court of appeals is going to conv- probably decide this week on Elliott's status. And the thing is, if they decide against him, it sounds like he doesn't have anywhere else to go. That this yes. is not just an appeal, 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 appeal. That after at this point, if he it, this appeal loses, that that's that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we could yeah. if you have Ezekiel Elliott, don't be tricked into thinking that he's going to be able to keep appealing this because it sounds like if if he loses a decision this week, and we don't know that he will, but if he does, it, this might be game over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up uh, Stope on Twitter because I caught, caught some of those things too. And and it, he mentioned that you know maybe that they were trying to work out a deal. And, and another tweet that he you know our legal guy had was that you know if you're trying to work out a deal, that means you you think you might lose. You know you don't quite have the same amount of confidence that you did going in. And you're right, this decision is going to be pretty final. So fantasy owners are looking like they might get burned in the worst way possible. You took Ezekiel Elliott on draft day, hoping that he'd be back to help you in the playoffs. Now you get him all year with a pretty good chance that he doesn't help you in the playoffs. Now, of course, stay tuned to rotowire.com all week long. We'll have the latest <laughs> for you as it happens because you never really, really know in this situation. Um, I, you know, I kept getting alerts on my Yahoo leagues and said, Alfred Morris has been dropped in 51,000 leagues. I was like, oh boy, am I not going to do that? Because, uh, because I think that the suspension might be forthcoming and, and Morris would be, would be the top guy. All right. Um, the other thing in this game is so funny. I got this tweet yesterday morning from a guy who said, is there any re-? He said, I have Terrence Williams and Cole Beasley. Which one would you start if you had to? And I wrote <laughs> back to the guy, like, are you kidding me that these are your options? <laughs> I, I'm yeah. sorry. I probably, he has who had the upside and I said probably Williams, but I would hate to have that choice because they're two bad options. So Cole Beasley goes four yeah. for 24 with two touchdowns and Terrence Williams goes nine for 141. Yeah. That, if I got that question on social media this week, I'd have probably said, hey, is Josh Doxson available or something along <laughs> <Exactly>. those lines? <laughs> you know, um, but, you know, part of the story here is uh, Des Bryant emerged from the game with a sprained ankle. So that'll be another one to monitor practice participation throughout the week. Who would have thought that Des Bryant would be the third highest scoring fantasy pass catching option this week? But but that was the case, given Beasley's touchdowns and, and Williams uh, big playability. So keep an eye on Des Bryant this week for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know, again, we're going to talk about uh, free agents on our Tuesday, you and me, but. Terrence Williams called Beasley. Nah, right? Nah. They uh, it, they would be one game fill-ins if Des didn't play. I think they would be reasonable. Let me just quick see who they've got on the schedule. They're, they're at, at Atlanta. Atlanta, right? So so they're indoors in in a favorable environment for uh, some of those players to succeed. So they would be one game plug-in plays, not guys you spend double-digit fab dollars on. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely go into that more tomorrow. But it's all going to be very contingent on the status of Des Bryant, who if it is just a sprained ankle, he could be back out there. All right, um, the Sunday night game. Raiders Dolphins. I kind of thought that the Dolphins might sneak away with this one. Um, the Kenyon Drake Damian Williams thing. Drake thirty seven snaps to Williams is thirty. Drake ran better nine for sixty nine versus Williams seven for fourteen. They both caught six passes. This seems like a pretty straight timeshare thing. 
Yeah, yeah, it very much does. I was thinking early because we had called Drake as the guy to own uh, moving forward because I think he was going to be more of the lead back guy with Williams getting more PPR action. But both guys were targeted six times, so somewhat equivalent, um, you know, in that sense. Drake did lose a fumble, but it didn't really affect his playing time the rest of the way out. And they trusted him to get the ball when they needed that two-point conversion at the end, and he just muscled the ball into the end zone. So even with this bad offensive line that's in the bottom five and run block blocking, um, I think that uh, you know that you, there's utility from all of them. I don't know if I would look to start Damian Williams in a non-PPR league because most of his value comes comes from PPR. I guess he would have still got a little over 10 points in, in a non-PPR this week. But right. I, I think we had the, that breakdown right. Yeah, I think part. we did too. Um, by the way, these guys are playing at Carolina next Monday night. Uh, tough run defense. I think. I, I hope you have better options is where I want to go with that. Um, mm-hmm. The other guy I want to talk about in this game, Jared Cook. This, I mean, we kind of, I know I have. I have dismissed Jared Cook because for so many years we were waiting on Jared Cook to be good. You know, we would say this, this is the year, this is the Jared Cook's going to break out for me. You know, when he was with Tennessee, he was with the Rams and and this is the year I'm going to get the big year from Jared Cook. This year, you, you might be finally getting the year from Jared. I mean, now he's, he was, had a huge night Sunday, eight for 126, um, for the season, nine games, got 39 catches for 499 yards. So he is on pace, not for, I mean, was he 50? five yards a game or so, which should get him close to a thousand. He's, he's on pace for probably 70 catches. I mean, he's not getting in the end zone much, but, but this is, you know, this is not too bad. No, not, not one bit. And you see some of these pass catching options for Derek Carr. Amari Cooper had another couple of drops tonight. You know, Michael Crabtree, dropped a critical, critical conversion opportunity that hit him in the hands. And then you have Jared cook that caught eight of his nine targets. Now, if you're Derek Carr, and you're going through your reads, and this continues to be a pattern with your other guys, you're going to start looking to the more reliable guy more often. And in a year where tight end production is so elusive, I think someone like Jared Cook could approach tight end one status. You know, all that is is top 12. And I think that's very reasonable the rest of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, otherwise, in this game, I mean, Mark Cooper was just kind of okay. Um, Lynch we could hit. We yep. could hit Devontae Parker for the Dolphins. I know we skipped over him, but, yeah. uh, you know, five for 76 yards, eight targets. He was tied with Julius Thomas for the team high, one more than Jarvis Landry. Had an amazing one-handed catch. I mean, yep. it was very similar to the Odell Beckham catch in, in in a sense where he reached back and got full extension, hauled it in with one hand, managed to get a knee down while securing the ball. I was very impressed with that, and I think we're going to see Cutler going to him a little bit more moving forward. I think you're probably right. I think Devontae Parker as sort of a top – uh, 25-ish wide receiver is not is not a stretch. No, right. not at all. No, I, I had a bet, a yardage bet, not reception bet with uh, Devontae Parker and Jarvis Landry. And I took Parker in this bet. The uh, loser's got to wear a, a Cutler jersey to the draft next year. Wow. And and I, I, I thought I'm going to lose it because of the injury and the multi-week absence of Parker. But uh, I think that there's going to be a chance. You know, it's not it's not a lock just yet that that Parker could have a couple 200 yard games the rest of the way up. All right. So so is it a Cutler Bears jersey? It's whatever Cutler jersey we can find. I'm sure, you know, I could pull a Bears one out of the dumpster here in Wisconsin somewhere. I was going to say, if, if, you, if you lose, you, you would hate wearing the Bears one more than the other ones. Yes. Yes, I would. <laughs> Very right. much so. All right. Um, because, and because you're a Packers guy, are you going tonight? 
Um, no, I'm not going tonight. I'm sticking around, uh, sticking here in Madison to watch the game. Okay. Um, what are you expecting? Do you, because of the buy, I kind of have this hunch that we're going we're gonna to see more out of Hunley tonight. That, that I wonder if they made some adjustments during the bye week. You know, I mean, the bye week probably came in a good time for them to, to kind of get him ready because last game did not go well. Are you expecting mm-hmm. more out of him? Expecting more isn't asking a whole lot because there right. wasn't much going on the last game that I went to, that, uh, that one in New Orleans, a kind of miserable, rainy game there. But uh, um, I'm expecting improvement, most definitely. The fact that he got a full game under his belt, uh, that can only help with those experience and those reps. Um, I'm expecting improvement, but man, I have a really, t- I would have a really tough time picking my Packers to win tonight. Uh, I, I know the Lions are, are are three and four, and they haven't exactly been okay. It's going to come down, in my opinion, to how well Matt Stafford plays. Now, the Packers, you know, obviously it takes a Rodgers injury to be two point home dogs. That's pretty insane. Um, but it's going to come down to Matt Stafford and how he's able to 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 perform and can consistently move with the ball in green base. So that, that's what it's going to come down to. Cause you know what we're going to get out of Hundley, you know, maybe a couple scoring drives here and there, you know, I don't see the Packers scoring too much more than like 24 points. The over under on this game's 43. And that'd be one where I'd be tempted to take the under, uh, but it's going to come down to Matt Stafford playing on the road and, and his ability to lead the team back against the secondary. Now the Packers, the bye week finally got them healthy. Their offensive linemen should be good to go. Uh, their defense is nearing full strength as well. Um, of course, Rogers, the one big exception to that, but, uh, they, you know, before the Rodgers injury, they were one of the most injured teams in the league as far as key players going down. So uh, the fact that their offensive line is going to be healthy, getting better, I bet you Aaron Jones has a pretty big game uh, tonight. Uh, but overall, it's going it's to be a very close game and it's going to come down to Stafford getting the ball in one of the final possessions. Can he convert or not? All right. So, you know, the game that 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 lists and Erickson play on the on Monday of, you know, this is what I have left tonight. What are my chances to win? Mm hmm. Um, I have, you're going to do it for me. I am down 24 in a PPR league and I have TJ Jones. What are my chances to win Jake? TJ, TJ Jones for the lions. Yes. The receiver. Okay. I thought you were trying to say Aaron Jones. What are your chances to win? Oh man. Like one and a half percent. One and a half. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. I, I don't see that. Um, here's mine. You know, I think I mentioned this earlier, but I'm against Jordy Nelson full PPR 22 point lead. I think you're probably safe. Mm-hmm. With what confidence level? Oh, what con- oh yeah, the chances. I, I think that there's a 25 to 30 that Jordy beats you. That's mm-hmm. it. And that might be a little high because Jordy, to get 22, he'd have to probably go six for 100 with a touchdown or five for 100 if you have a 100 point bonus, something like that. Yeah. So. Hey, hey. With Rodgers, I think it'd be about a 50 50 coin toss. But right now, you know, oh, yeah. you those odds in half. Yeah, exactly. But um, all right. But you're going to be rooting hard for your Packers, even though you're not going. So that's good. Absolutely. Of course. All right. Well, um, they got to get a couple wins to make Rodgers return relevant at the end of the year. Yes, they absolutely do. These home games are as as good of a chance as any to get those couple of wins. Yep. All right. Everybody listeners to this podcast can get a free 10 day Rotowire trial. Rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site and lets you keep up with Ezekiel Elliott. Certainly check it out now. Rotowire.com slash pod. Um, so this week you've got podcast with me on Tuesday to talk about free agents. You've got a Facebook Live Q&A later that day to talk about free agents. What else you got going on? That's all, you know, that's all. Uh, it's pretty much football here for the rest of the way out. Of course, college basketball um, opens up 
in within the next week here, this weekend coming up. So I've got that going on, of course, uh, football and hoops, pretty much, uh, you know, the big UFC event that happened on Saturday, UFC 217 was great, but the UFC also has an event every single weekend throughout the rest of 2017. So I'll be staying in tune to the fight game as well. So, uh, man, fights, hoops and football sounds like an okay gig every weekend, including Christmas weekend. Uh, yes, I believe so. Wow. That's they might be overseas. Work. Yeah, they might be overseas. Or, or, you know, maybe that could be the one. No, but I'm pretty sure I saw that they're going to do every weekend. So they're going all over the place. And they've got two more pay-per-views in December. They always load it up. Have a big New Year's Eve card that's still waiting on a main event. Maybe we get to see some Conor McGregor action. We will nice. see. Nice. That sounds good. All right. Um, everybody, if you like this podcast, we would appreciate if you leave a review, a review and a rating. You've been doing that a lot lately. And we really uh, we, we thank you a lot for it. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. Our next episode is going to be coming on Tuesday. Jake and I are going to talk about free agency you should pick up, so you're going to want to check that out. For Jake Latarski, I'm John Halpin. See you next time.